Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast, Coming up on this episode... Well, there's only one question from the last weekend. Has anyone seen Spurs? Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. We had planned to take the Monday off to reboot, but so much has happened over the weekend. And I'm joined in a virtual room filled with some lions. I've got Ollie, I've got Berth, but, 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 can I just ask... <laughs> oh, I thought the group, we have our WhatsApp group. I thought they were taking the piss out of me when I saw they said five. I thought no chance. Oh, they did. So other than Spurs getting one hell of a beating, I need your highlights from the weekend, dudes. I had a really nice weekend. I spent some time with some family and some close friends of mine who I haven't seen in ages. So it's uh, it's been a nice time. That's, that's good. What about you, Berth? Yeah, very similar actually. My uh, one of my best friends came down from Manchester where he lives and uh, spent some time with him, and that was that was quite nice. Had a few beers as usual on a weekend, but yeah, pretty good weekend. Yeah, and of course, yeah, Spurs got clapped. So. Oh, one like, hell yeah, yeah, of a really beating. badly, really, really badly. Uh, one game that wasn't a beating. It was the At the Bridge Pod derby over the weekend, and Seattle they edged the encounter one 0 thanks to a goal from Albert Rusnak. <laughs> assisted. It was assisted by my. Favourite sounder of all time, Freddie Montero. Uh, hey, Minnesota, they put up a solid, solid front, but um, did. good fight, but all three points go to Seattle. So we're going to hit... Can I just ask, Ali, oh. you, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, to interrupt. Uh, Ali, you being a big Minnesota fan, what do you think went wrong <laughs> for them at the weekend? Uh, I think the coach just got it wrong with the with the lineup. I'm not sure, you know, like I'm not sure he got it fully correct. I'm, I'm not sure some of the players were in some positions which I'm not sure they should have been in and some of them were in other positions that they should have been in. At the end of the day, it's a game of two halves and we did well mm. in one and not the other. I think at the end of the day, the difference was... The boys gave everything in the game. And that, that, that's that's how it was. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So Professional waffler. Of course, of course. So let's hit that news. Oh, wow. Uh, no game. No problem. It's a mega blockbuster of an episode. We guide you through the news of the weekend. First up, it's the the managerial carousel. That's continuing to have a new customer each day. This time, Ange Postacoglu put his quarter in and jumped on the horse. Won't dwell on that for too long because he's bound for Leicester in my mind. And he, he disappeared as much as he re-entered. So it was a short trip for him. Uh, on Friday, though, I did say that many a time before, that this applies to both players and coaches. Their agents will put their clients in the frame for top jobs and clubs, even if the club themselves haven't even approached them. Call it spin or just call it made up bullshit that stinks a room out. It, it just It's just what happens. It raises the profile and sometimes it can come off well for them. But for me, it was a non-story. I don't know how you felt before we go into the potch stuff. Yeah, for sure. It, this is exactly what, you know, loads of teams and lo- because Chelsea are having a clear out this summer, so many teams are, are doing this about I Chelsea. I heard about this. Apparently. Um, so many teams are doing this with the Chelsea players. Like I saw Colwell linked to, <laughs> to Liverpool. I saw Reese James linked to Barcelona. Obviously, none of these things are ever going to happen. It's just 
like we were saying in the last episode, journalists don't want to be right necessarily. They just want to be first. And uh, that, that is true. So it's important, ladies and gents and listeners at home, to uh to take your take your news with a little pinch of salt, you I mean, ladies if, and gents, and and whatever else you identify. If you with. want if you want to laugh here, Berth, I have I looked at the odds quickly before we came on air, and you'll never believe who one of the candidates is. Genuinely, 125 to one, but they're on this list. Is it Goose Hitting? It's Graham Potter. <laughs> I just love that concept. No like something went, hmm, who it could, Graham Potter, he could get the job, but no. Okay. That, that would be the start of a villain origin story. That that would oh. be uh, that'd be terrible. Please don't do it. Bloody hell! It, it could be don't. worse. It, it it could be Christian Stellini. Oh well, yeah, that was interesting. Be... You get to get the interim job and then to be fired from that. Well, I mean, That's on the that. Bruno treatment there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, over the weekend, I I did a bit of digging on our managerial race, especially with. Mauricio Pochettino, who I've had listeners inform us that one of us has been guilty of calling him Potter Chino. Who was it? I, I I had to listen back. I do know who it was. They've just been scarred by Graham Potter that much. That who they... was it? I think it was Chris. Do you know what? That would make a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, make a lot of sense. He's been scarred by Graham Potter, which is fair. You know, it's been a tough season. But back that's to what Potch. actually is why he's not here today. He's actually in therapy <laughs> for him for, for <laughs> the Potter's tenure. Just living rent free in his mind. I mean, <laughs> on Poch. So, what? What? Like, why is he the leading candidate? And and those at the back are shouting. Everyone else has dropped out. There's no one else well, left. You can bloody pipe down for a minute because because <laughs> he he does tick a lot of the boxes that Chelsea's owners want in a head coach. You know, the Argentinian has experience coaching in the Premier League. He's he's worked with top players at Tottenham and most recently PSG, and he did aid in the development of young players into major players in the game. I mean, Harry Kane and Jung Min Sun come to my mind. And he worked at Spurs for obviously more than five years and he developed, to be fair, it was an outstanding group that went above and beyond by reaching that 18-19 Champions League final. And he's obviously as well served as a head coach in three of the top five national leagues, France with PSG, England with Saints and Spurs, and Spain with Espanyol. And despite just having the Ligue 1 and French Cup triumphs to his name as a manager, the star, Pochettino is not considered as someone who will rest on his laurels, but as someone who's like driven to improve. So after having a weekend to think about Poch at the bridge, looking into what makes him work, how are you feeling about this? Because it's gathering pace quick. I am. Um, I actually think. Like the more I thought about it, I actually think it's not a bad appointment. Yeah. And I get, look, I, I get. Look, he's sort of times against him. Really, if he starts off really badly, they're going to throw the the Spurs uh, ridicule at him. Let's be honest, and he's like serial butler and all this. But I just think when you look at his time at Spurs and other places, who's he developed into world class players? Youngmin Son, Harry Kane, just to name a few. Mm. Um, he made that too. team. Deli Ali, perfect example. And look oh, at yeah. what's happened now under Deli Ali. And to be fair, when Spurs he left Spurs, they brought in uh, Mourinho and they brought in Conte, and what they've done with that Spurs team, not very much. So he, he does do very well. He's worked at PSG. I know it didn't quite work out, but still won two trophies there. So he has won something. Um, and I just think now, me and Ollie would would differ on this opinion, but just because he's not won anything doesn't necessarily mean he's he's bad. Um, he, Harry Kane, for instance, is not. I would love Harry Kane at Chelsea because he's an incredible player. He's a like serial mind. butler. 
Mm. You know, he's not a serious, you know, he's an unbelievable player. Like, I do think Harry, uh, Harry I do think <laughs> Pochettino is a, a really good manager. Now, we ain't going to win a trophy for the next two, three years, let's be honest. Well, a league anyway. So we need to rebuild. And I think po- uh, Pochettino, not Pochettino, Pochettino <laughs> is um, a really good manager to do that, the more I think about it. I mean, one thing I do love, and I don't know whether Ollie's... Re- oh, remember him. So I looked at who he'd managed. We know who he's managed at PSG and Spurs and Saints. We know that. But at Espanyol, he 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 got to manage these classic names. He had Daniel Osvaldo. I don't know oh, if you remember Danny him. Danny Osvaldo. Oh, yeah. We remember that lad from uh, Southampton who looks like Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah. He also, 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 this is my favourite, uh, Shunjuki Nakamura. Yes, the Ooh, Celtic. Wow. And Juan Captavia, who's, you know, he was a World Cup winner. So how are you feeling about this with, you know? Oh, and Steve Finnan. It's just come up on my screen. So there's there's a name for the past. Steve Finnan. Oh. Yeah, so what it is with with Poch is I think he if he he looks the most likely to come in at this point considering other options and I think he deserves a chance for sure. Mm. Um, you know I think he has developed some young players in the world. I was on the sort of the serial bottler hasn't won anything outside of like a, a stacked PSG team kind of core of thinking, but the more I've thought about it over the last week or so, the more I've I've kind of come round on it quite a lot. Uh, you know, he has developed some some young players and we have a lot of young players that need developing, so that will be really helpful. Um, he seems to be really good with wingers and we have, you know, potentially incredible wingers, you know, that just need a little bit of development. The other thing that I like about his, his, his Spurs team is that nobody wanted to play against them because they were like a properly dirty side. You know, I'm sure we all remember the Battle of the Bridge. Oh yeah, and you know, and mm. and and yeah. everything that happened. That you know, that was a Pochettino team, and um, so I, I like the idea that he's going to bring a little bit of grit and oomph back into the team. You know, so you know, I think in terms of managerial appointments, we could do a lot worse. Um, I don't think he's the guy to take us like all the way to the promised land forever and ever and have a super dynasty or whatever, like Pep or Ferguson or or what have you, and that's mm. fine. Um, but I think he'll he'll do for a little while. You know, maybe he develops us to a certain level, and then we go and get an elite manager when there's one available, and he finishes it off. You never know. I mean, two. I mean, RJP journalism tweeted some good points. He said that I understand two of the main points. Pochettino has impressed the club on his is his roadmap for Colwell and Mudrick. The former is viewed as an integral core of the defense. Whilst Pochettino has expressed his belief, the latter can become an extremely effective goal scorer. I kind of got Hyungmin Sun vibes straight away in my head, thinking about how he was converted into such a great attacking threat alongside Kane. And he's quicker uh, as well. Ex- that is so fun. true. That is so true. And then in the next tweet, he added Pochettino was the main reason why Spurs didn't lose Son several times. And Poch tried to sign him twice before he joined in 2015 and took the blame for his underwhelming first season when Spurs wanted to sell. So there we go. And he views Mudrick as being similar to both Son and Lucas Moura and believes getting him higher up the pitch, moving the ball to him faster and encouraging him to keep driving at players will unlock his potential. So I'm, I'm all for this. One thing I also noticed, though, someone did bring up to me about the Rafa Benitez similarity, that the fans never got on board with Rafa even after a Europa League triumph. Now, that's a completely fair point to bring up. However, for me, Rafa had in the past said many negative things about Chelsea. I mean, 
He made comments about our fans lacking passion, our fickle nature, mocked the policy of giving flags as Champions League match souvenirs and and they're flying. I mean, he also spoke about how he'd never want bought success in the way Chelsea and Roman had operated, to name like a few of the digs at us. Now, to the best of my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, Pochettino's never done that. I don't think so. I mean, you no. never know what, what gets said in like a pre-match press conference. Or if of there course. is anything that he said, it will come out in the wash. We'll all see it. But, mm. you know, like, I I don't know. Like, I think um, it... it I think the thing about Rafa is, yeah, there was a lot of things that he was he was very harsh on us about, which which put a lot of people off from the get go. But I think it was was also the fact that he was from a rival, and Spurs mm-hmm. are our closest rival. If he was coming from directly from Spurs to us, I think it'd be a different story again. You know, that, like that'd be gone, even better. <laughs> well, or worse, you never know. But it, <laughs> it's I don't know. You can't. No matter what you do, you can't shake the fact that he's a. It, there is spurs in there and and i do worry about that in in big moments what do you think birth yeah i mean i think i think pochettino has always been relatively respectful towards us i don't think there's anything ever really been said that's been that bad um i think even you look at that battle of the bridge incident and at the end he's always trying to separate things and trying to calm things down and yeah i get it that he is a manager but that shows that he's trying to protect the players he you know he He's got a level of dignity and, and pride about himself, which I think goes a long way. Um, mm. I think he's a lot more passionate about things than Benitez. Benitez, I think, I think on the sidelines, very similar to Sarri, whereas I think Pochettino's actually does show passion. Like you look at when Spurs beat Ajax in the semi final, the, oh, yeah. the emotion that he had. Um, can't see Rafa I, drop into his knees. No, you couldn't see <laughs> he Rafa. He wouldn't get back up again. And uh, you just, as a fan, whether like you know they come from Spurs or whoever or, or what, you just love to see that at your club, and you want something like that at your club. So I think that's what's different between him and Benitez. I think I think the comparison to two is ridiculous. I don't think that they're similar at all. Uh, I, but the, the one that's just my you, opinion. The one thing you could say about about Poch is that if he was at Spurs and did well with them, but still didn't win anything, and then he came to us and won something, does that make him proper Chels? Oh, <laughs> that that does make him proper chat. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I, I think, think, I think a lot. I think a lot of people might disagree with that on on principle. But it, you know, it's uh, it's it's a question. I think it's worth it's a, asking. It's a bloody good question. Uh, the one question I've I've got in my mind: the whole Nagelsmann angle is an intriguing one. We won't know, obviously, the real, the true reasons behind. If he said no, they said no, whatever. But one thing that seems consistent is that. I've seen from the reports that he didn't wish to be part of a process in terms of interviews. Now, look, this for me, I, I don't really like it because you knew when entering the race for the job, you would have to interview. You know, you you are not Guardiola, Sir Alex Ferguson or Jurgen Klopp. You don't have years of success, multiple trophies on your CV to just expect the job to be given to you. You know, you can't go swimming and not get wet. You You know what you're entering. It's a process. It was always known as a process from the beginning. Everyone who applied for this position at Chelsea knew that. And come on, man. I mean, I wonder if that attitude may have come across as something to the ownership and they just didn't feel it was right for this quite young and impressionable squad. I mean, what do you think? I think they didn't like his skateboard. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm only joking. I think it's it's just one of those where it might have just been a bit of a personality clash. You do get sort of the feeling from the reports that have come out that 
he might have been a it seemed a little bit entitled and thought that the job was his before he had even you know even sat down which you know you you're probably in for a bit of a shock and now after mm. all that he looks like the door might be open for him to go to Spurs so it's um oh you know it seemed even in our current state no manager rejects us to go to Spurs so the owners must have seen something they didn't like let's put it that way that is true uh, anything birth on this or yeah <laughs> I think if that's true, I, I don't really like that attitude from Nagelsmann. Um, I, I think it's a bit sort of self-indulgent. From, yeah, it, it is. But I suppose he's not that much older than me. So, you know, what can you expect really? Um, it's not very mature in the managerial world. But um, no, I, I think, I do think it, it's a bit poor from him really. Uh, um, and you just want the best candidate and you want someone that is wants to be there. Yeah, wants you to need go someone the with whole the right thing. attitude. Because I yeah, think that's he... what afforded Potter a lot of time, actually, is that he had the right attitude. Mm. Exactly, exactly. Mm. So, Luis Enrique, finally, his situation got expanded upon. Uh, the former manager of Spain's national team had discussions with Chelsea, left a good impression, as we know. However, we are now told that there were worries because he'd not been in charge of a club side since leaving Barcelona in the summer of 2017. And because his sides were accustomed to playing a specific kind of football and may have been, it may have been more appropriate for La Liga than the Premier League. And also we had the Vincent company. Now look, he's, he's performed effectively in his two positions so far at Burnley and Anderlecht. He obviously has made a significant contribution to Burnley's stylish promotion from the championship this year. However, that is, of course, with respect, still only at Burnley and Anderlecht. Now, that's, to be blunt, no sugar on this opinion. Uh, at Chelsea, the demands are going to be different. Nevertheless, though, each candidate's capacity as a leader seems to be what was being scrutinised. And obviously, company has that quality. You know, we're told that it was a big positive since he, is, he was obviously such an inspirational captain at City. I just felt that was a non-starter, though. I don't know why they yeah. did a three-hour chat, but hey, they did it. I don't. Yeah, I don't see why they even bothered interviewing him because one, I, you know, it's one a managerial appointment too soon, regardless, really, mm. isn't it? Like you know, it, it, he needed company needed to have a another job after Burnley, and then maybe he could yeah. be considered for for a, a bigger club. But to be honest, at the same time, I'm not sure I'd necessarily even want him at Chelsea, at least not yet, because. The second that Pep leaves Man City, they'll come calling, and so you won't. So if even if he turns out good, you don't get him for very long. I, I still, so, I still feel they'll go. They'll go Mikel Arteta if it doesn't obviously go complete and utter to shit. You know, <laughs> remember Stephen Gerrard was going to Villa to go to Liverpool. Didn't quite work that way. Uh, what, what do you think, Berth, on the whole managerial merry-go-rounds? It is. Yeah, I'm with Ali. I think on the uh, the company point, I think. It, I wouldn't want him straight away. Um, and I think with how company is, I saw a video of him in the, the Burnley dressing room the other day where he was going mad after a, a draw. Um, and he, he really is a leader. He, I, th- I still think he thinks he's a captain of a team still. Gosh, a draw, a draw. Well, we could yeah, do with the, one of those. But, but like the way he was dressing them down and the way he was like arguing with them and showing them, I just don't think that would be good for what Chelsea need right I'll be now. Honest, I, think... I don't think that would work at Chelsea. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. And, and that's what I'm saying. I, I think that... Well, we don't win teams. games yet. So, well, I mean, it's purely that... on the fact that, you know, like he's, he's 
the the players who he's won more than absolutely everyone else in that Burnley dressing room, and he's got the right yeah. to talk in that way because of what he did as a player. And That's what he exactly does as a manager. what it is. But mm. when you, if you you know like for for example, he, he came to Chelsea in 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 the summer, you know, complete shock in its company at Chelsea. Like you know, you've got the likes of Raheem Sterling, who was you know only his teammate a few years ago. You know, like oh, it's yeah. you've got other players who who have played against him, and like so, it's not it's not the same level. You know, like it it there's there's a lot less of that concept of I think a respect, and there'd be a lot more of a parity. And so, and actually, is for a, for a manager, I'm not sure that's necessarily a good thing. And I think that was Potter's downfall as well, a little bit, is that the players looked at him and went, "Well, we've done more than you have." You know, and in the same way, some of the players, not all of them, granted, but some of them can look at company and go, we've done as much as you have, you know. And company is two years older than Nagelsmann. So, I mean, he's an elder statesman, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, we need to have the. But sort yeah, of, and in that case, you know, yeah. if you, and if we weren't going for company, we weren't going to go for Nagelsmann yeah, on course. age alone. Exactly. Right. Moving away from the managerial talk, according to the uh, the mail on Sunday, here we are, new publication we've had in our in our news feed. We don't have to have them. Uh, Chelsea is set to commit to a two billion pounds expansion of Stamford Bridge rather than relocating to a new stadium in Earl's Court. That's now been ruled out. Uh, decision on the club's stadium plans is expected to be confirmed by Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital over the summer once costs and timeframes are established. The Chelsea Supporters Trust held a meeting last week where it was revealed that Earl's Court was not considered an option because the site's owners are not planning to build a football stadium on its land. Now, look, my take on this is, a, I understand it's a bit controversial. I do, so it's, it's one of those, it's, a, it's not quite a hot take, but... I kind of did believe moving to Earl's Court would have been the better option due to the limited space on the Stamford Bridge site. Yes, we do have memories and history at the site that I bloody completely understand and will never disregard how important that is to the fan base because, it, it yeah, it's 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 where your home is. It's where you history, heritage, completely understand. I The thing is, it's likely that Stamford Bridge will obviously be demolished and then rebuilt which means a temporary home. And do you remember, guys, how Spurs fans were complaining about not having home advantage when they were playing at Wembley? Because they were kind of right, to be honest. I mean, imagine at playing Wembley or maybe Craven Cottage for like five years. Problem with that I mean, is it, that it won't be Craven Spurs Cottage. Aren't... It won't be Craven Cottage though, because I don't think Craven Cottage even have enough seats to actually um, fill our season tickets. Um, what do you think, Berth? Uh, I think it's the Spurs that. The... They're not used to playing at Wembley where we was used to playing at Wembley in <laughs> the final every year. So shots fired. <laughs> well, well, I mean, uh, you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, I mean, it's going to happen. I guess that we're. Yeah. It's, it's always. Sad. It's like when they say about San Siro potentially being knocked down. You do sort of think. Oh. Do you really think it's it like, being it, knocked down? Though, isn't it? It's, but it's, do you well, think? Do you think no. for sure that Stamford Bridge will be knocked down, though, or will it be done stand by stand, and that's why it's going to be so expensive? Oh, it's that's the question, isn't it? I mean, for cost effectiveness, you would have to well do it in you, one go. So, so, so bear in mind, I don't think cost effectiveness is is something these owners care about much, <laughs> um, because well, you know, not just for their policy on players, but like you know, you look at like Spurs' new stadium; their mm. stadium cost a billion pounds. Right, so yeah. ours costing two billion to redo it is that's probably largely the the cost is largely you know it's not actually down to the stadium it's building in such a small space having to you know use a lot of capital for 
for making things happen in such a small zone and doing things stand by stand. And, you know, you see what I mean, where, where these things make the price more expensive because there's no way we're going to end up with a, a stadium that's twice as good as Spurs' new one because Spurs' new one was only built like a couple of years ago. Mm. So you, there, mm. there's got to be something that's making that making that two million price tag a uh, two billion price tag what it is you know because i don't mm. think it would be that much otherwise i wonder if it's i mean i wondered if it would be twickenham i mean you could also go loftus rose that'd be an interesting one with qpr uh if you really want to go old school you could go to the old spotted dog ground that's a 2000 capacity Ooh. though 100 seats 100 seater <laughs> yeah, the previous. I'd love to see that. I would love to see that. <laughs> well, apparently the previous tenants were Clapton FC and Hackney Wick FC. So, would, can you imagine? You know, Enzo Fernandez and Mudrik. You know, <laughs> we've got 170 million between them coming out with against you know Real Madrid or Barcelona in the Champions League and. <laughs> and just, I love uh, it. The only person watching is just an old man walking his dog in the morning. Get the know? deal done. One deal that looks to be done. Chelsea closing in on a deal to sign talented winger Diego Moreira on a free transfer from Benfica. He's apparently set to join in July. I'm going to assume that due to the size of our squad, he's going to be changing in the parking lot. Uh, I've never <laughs> seen him play, but speaking uh, to... My guess <laughs> is, on the basis of how big our squad is, he must be about 10 years old. Like, he's <laughs> well, got to be young, surely. He, um, oh, well, I'll, I'll have a Google in a second. But basically... Uh, I spoke to some Benfica fans and he seemed to have struggled to break into their B team. I mean, he's he had 686 minutes across 19 games, including nine starts, two goals, two assists so far. And since January post-World Cup, 86 minutes across 10 games. So he was a starter at the beginning of the season. He had a very good last season in the Youth League and in the under-19s, 23s. He played on a bunch of those teams. He even had a pre-season with the first team, I found out. So he lost his starting spot to players like Henrik Pereira, Gerson Souza, Pedro Santos. Still, first first senior season. Ah, what do you think? Are we just it's Project 2030, isn't it? Yeah, I don't even know who this guy is, to be honest. No, neither no, did I. It was a Fabrizio Romano tweet that just took me <laughs> off guard. He, he, might, he might be good. He might not be good. I don't know. You know, like we're, we're he's eighteen. Making, he's eighteen. Yeah, we're always making moves for these talented youngsters. How many of them will actually pay off? Probably not many. But you know, you only need a few. If one of them becomes a, a Haaland or Mbappe level superstar, you make your money back on the rest. You know. Yeah. It, so, oh, well, he's been compared to the likes of Nani and Leroy Sane. So not quite Mbappe. Well, and Haaland, not quite. <laughs> Is that a good thing to be compared to, like, like a tricky they... winger? I guess. Oh, because we need more of them, don't we? <laughs> I was <laughs> thinking when I saw <laughs> it, I did think, "Oh yeah, we need more uh, but players." The thing that... is, like, no, you know, like, like the old sort of regime, we're seeing these young players um, as like a business thing. Like, we'll get them mm. for like free, and then we'll hopefully sell them on for some money. I doubt this guy's ever going to probably play for Chelsea. I could be wrong. I hope mm. I'm wrong, but. You just know that he's just going to go on loan numerous times. Then we'll say. Yeah, it to I think especially it. like if we don't pay for someone, do you know what I mean? Like that if, yeah. if we're not if yeah. we're not paying a transfer fee, it's it's un, it's more likely that we're actually we're trying to flip that player for profit in maybe a few seasons. Maybe mm. like by the time he's twenty, twenty one, twenty two, you know he's doing all right, but he's not setting the world alight. Sell him for fifteen or so million. It's pure profit, isn't it? I you mean, know? I'm just yeah. jealous of where Nanny is now. He's at Melbourne Victory, so he's got lovely Australian weather. So. Oh, it must be it's, lovely and sunny here in is. Wales. It is not sunny. <laughs> no, it's not here either. It's raining. It's, it's 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 the UK. What do we expect? But hey, one thing we we 
Did we expect this? I don't know. Uh, direct conversations took place between Todd Bowley and Mason Mount on Friday. We don't know if it was over a phone, email, fax, who knows? But apparently there's an importance and desire to keep him. It was reiterated. The dialogue has been interpreted inside Chelsea as a positive development. Uh, dude, I, I kind of get the vibe he's going to sign something. I mean, it might be a jersey or a contract, but it seems to be heading in a more favourable direction with a positive conclusion. I don't know where you're I mean, going I- with this. I've said for a long time that I think Mount will sign the thing. Um, oh, I, you I said think... a thing. It doesn't mean it'll be a contract. Ah, <laughs> so I might be right. Anything. Uh, yeah, it could be anything. But I've said for a while that I think he'll sign on. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I think partially, I think it's the fact that you've got all these teams sniffing around him. Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, whatever. You know, all all have, like monitoring the situation. Probably a little bit. Bowley's gone, oh, yeah, well, maybe he is good then. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of how it feels like to me. And, and as well with the potential of uh, Pochettino, I'm wondering if he's had any influence on that as well. I did think that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know necessarily where he play. Maybe he sees Mason Mount as his new version of Deli Alley or something. I don't mm-hmm. know, hopefully with a better better end. But um, but yeah, I, I think it's a it's a positive thing regardless. I think in the end, he'll probably end up signing a deal a bit similar to what Chilwell did, maybe like three or four oh. years plus one, you know, yeah. instead of maybe the mm. seven or eight that he they were trying to get him to sign at the start. What you do you know, think? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Burr? 52-year deal? Where's he going? I, I don't know. Um, it's, I, I'm still convinced that he's going to go Liverpool. Uh, I really am still convinced, but I'd love for him to stay because everyone knows how much I love Mason Mount. But yeah, uh, it sounds a bit more positive these days. So I, I just hope he signs at least a... an extension, like just of some kind, just sort of for two years, maybe. Well, yeah, mm. even that, like there could be like a, it's a bit, maybe it's like a truce and they go, listen, next season, you can, if you perform next season, you can have your bumper new contract and with all the bells and whistles. But you know you have to prove prove it. Otherwise, you know, like if but if you don't perform, we'll let you go. So it's win win for Mace, mm, isn't it? Mm. If he stays one more season, hundred percent. Maybe that's maybe that's mm. what they've done. Mm. Oh, God, I was so hyped to actually press that button for once. Matt Law has tweeted: Chelsea Mauricio Pochettino are hoping for a swift agreement over the terms of his employment with both sides. Positive over the direction which the talks have taken this week. He's expected to be joined at Chelsea by assistant manager and head of conditioning Jesus Perez, first team coach Miguel Diagostino, goalkeeping coach Tony Jimenez, and son Sebastiano, a sports scientist. There we go. We have. I'm so glad we're still recording as that came out because wow. we've we've had that before you just end the episode and oh fuck it's outdated already i wonder if he has a head of shampoo as well as a head of conditioning <laughs> oh man i mean that joe That's hart's terrible. coming in i was trying so hard to think of a head and shoulders joke then and i could just couldn't do it, it really just couldn't is. do it oh man I'm, I'm i can't wait i can't wait one thing we have i've got lined up here we've got a hot take oh hot take on a monday because, of course, it's the Monday hot take. And we all know the drill. Is it as hot as a Carolina Reaper pepper or just a complete load of trash? And we've got Ollie lined up, ready to hit us with a hot take. Go on. Yeah, so I was I was scrolling on Twitter today, uh, you know, at times as I do. Uh, you know, Lovely place to, to be. Speaking to Chelsea fans about how, how, <laughs> how friendly the, the community is. Oh, it's great. And um, 
And I came across a take which actually I, I took a bit of a step back and I, I went, surely nobody believes that, surely. And I, I saw someone say on Twitter today that Kaladu Koulibaly has been our best defender since uh, since Thiago Silva got injured recently. That's not and really, thought, that's, a, that's a very low bar to set. Yeah, but I thought even then, like, it, that's got to be quite a hot take, right? You know, like, it feels to me like Fofana, Badi Ashil, James, even though he's been poor, Chilwell have all been better than than Koulibaly. Would would you guys not agree? I think that I, I personally think that's a that's one of the hottest takes I've heard. Well, are we uh, talking I mean, uh, about? Sorry, no, you go ahead, Berth. No, I mean, I was if we're talking about just centre backs, then for me the most impressive that's been since Thiago Silva's been injured has been Fofana. Mm. Um, since January, I think Badi Ashil hasn't put a foot wrong. Really, has been commanding on the ball. He, Even Chalaba's you know, done it right. Chalaba, I probably won't, I'd probably put on the same level as Koulibaly. I think they're both yeah. very similar. I think they, they can both be quite rash and I don't think they're great on the ball. I don't think Koulibaly's actually been that bad since Thiago Silva's yeah, been Yeah, but injured. I think it was, it was more the fact that he said he'd been our best defender and I thought, surely not. No, I I, I think Fafana and Badger Shield have been clear. And I, I mean, when you look at Chilwell and Rhys James, they've both been better than him. When you say defender, do you mean in general or centre backs? Because well, of his uh, position, obviously. He just said defender, so I don't know if he meant oh, centre backs. I don't know if he meant wing backs as well. I'm, you know, I mean, the... even then, Fafana has been so. I mean, Fafana's been so much better. I mean, yeah, we've seen Fafana's, a guy. Fafana's barely done anything. Like barely had a poor game for Chelsea. Yeah. You know, and Badiashul's the same. You know, maybe even you, you know more what, so. what as well. You know what? Actually, I think Levi Cole's probably been the best Chelsea centre back since <laughs> Thiago Silva's been injured. Yeah, you might be right. I if, mean, if you go with that, I think we've decided that 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 hot take is being fired right into the sun, where it belongs. Yeah, right into the sun. Right, time for Lion of the Week. <laughs> because <laughs> it's amazing how how much, how disappointed we all have become with Lion well, of the Week this season. At the start, it was like, "Yeah, Lion of the Week." Now it's well, like, oh, Lion oh, of the week. <laughs> oh, "Kitten of the Week." I mean, we take on Brentford here on Wednesday at Stamford Bridge. Do we Bridge. have to? Like, well, do, we do. We do have we to fulfill legally, the fixture. Do we legally we, have to do that. We yeah, actually we ha- don't have to, but we well, will get a three 0 loss if we forfeit. Yeah, and I believe <laughs> if we just refuse to turn up anyway, we're the middle. Middlesbrough got a deductive three points. So I remember that. That's and a long so then time we ago. might actually get relegated. That is true. That That's how Middlesbrough got relegated as well. So, so unfortunately, we do have to. <laughs> who are your picks for this top class performance we're going to put in? Well, hang on, hang on. Let's hear what Chris has to. Bettinelli. Oh, yeah, good Chris shout. Is I going love that. With Bettinelli. I think that's a good shout. <laughs> I'm not uh, sure I'm who gonna to go, go with. with. I'm going to go with. I can't actually watch the game Wednesday because I'm going to watch the wrestling at the NEC. Ooh, so I will not be nice. able to watch it. Which I'll be honest, I'm quite glad about. I'm quite glad that I'm doing that instead. But my line of the week, I think, is going to be Yao Felix. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. To be I've, fair, it's hardly yeah. very different, is it? You're going to watch a lot of overpaid <laughs> men who are sort of acting and pretending to be sportsmen. Oh dear. I mean, I've can gone, I just I, say, Ali, oh. I'm going to beat you up if I. <laughs> <laughs> I like wrestling. It was it was a dig at the squad. I mean, uh, I've gone Madueke because my man. That's that's it. My man Madueke. What about you? 
Uh, I'm gonna go with Enzo Fernandez, um, and and I'm gonna pray that he plays. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we can bloody hope so. I mean, we need him when he's been. I really playing. would like to see something a bit different though against Brentford. I want maybe Mendy in goal, maybe Bettinelli at centre defensive mid. <laughs> yeah, it'll do. You know, <laughs> someone's got to play DM. Yeah, you know, someone, someone's got to Hall or just something, mm-hmm. just something yeah. different. Well, he's so. dead. We're probably not gonna get relegated, so. Do something different. Probably not. There's How mad the... is that, right? That we we've just said we probably won't get relegated. Probably won't. Well, like nah, it's because we're, we're like we're mathematically not relegated. Uh, we mathematically like still could get relegated, but Everton have to win like five in seven, and Forest have to win four exactly. in seven or something like that. So it it's not going to happen. We are so grateful for Thomas Tuckle getting us those points. Can't do it at Bayern, but he got them for us. So that's what doesn't, matters. Doesn't he have like a third of our points this season? Yeah, he does. It's, it's great look to uh, our club. Great look. Can I just say, I just say, I think for our next show where we haven't got a game, the worst Chelsea facts of the season, like that'd be fun. Tuckle's yeah. got most of our points. Harlan's got more goals than us this season. You know, stuff. I am like so tired. Whole... Yeah, Yao Felix has more yellow cards than assists. That one. Yeah. <laughs> Mudrick, Mudrick has our most assists this season with two. Like, you know, these, we should have a whole show based on them. Dude, I'm, I'm just so sick and tired of hearing pundits and journalists bring up that Harlan has more goals than us. I don't fucking care anymore. I just don't. <laughs> you know we know. Of. We get it. You know what? I was sick of for, for ages. Uh, I know it's, this has nothing to do with Chelsea, but you know that Will Still, who I think is manager of Reims. Reims. Oh, yeah. Doesn't have Reims. Reims. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, I mean, he was just on the news for ages going, uh, he was 30, he's 30, which is a year older than me, which made me annoyed. Like, didn't he, what didn't he go on like life? a 22 game, like unbeaten run or something? With yeah. Reims. And like people kept going on that because he played football manager, he's now a football coach. And I play football manager as well. It just made me feel really bad about myself. And I just need to get that off my chest. So I mean, we, we established you might have managed Stoke at one point. Uh, funnily enough, I'm in Stoke tomorrow. So there we go. Know. He, he's got there. there we we go. know. Yeah. I mean, and just... the, I suppose the thing about with him is, at the end of the day, he will still be a football manager. Way <laughs> nice. Thank you, ladies and gents. I'm I'm here all week. I, I've just quickly looked after that win streak or whatever it was uh, in the league. He lost to Marseille, obviously two one. He then beat Nantes three nil, drew to Brest one one, lost to Rennes three nil, and then lost to Strasbourg two nil. So. He's got that um that uh, Arsenal loney Balogun up front. Balogun apparently yes. he he's he's turning up trees in League One this season. So you know uh, maybe well, they'll uh, they might even be stronger next season. Oh my god, I hope not. <laughs> well, if you wanted if you wanted to know, he is the top. He's got eighteen goals this season in League One. Wow. So well, that's pretty, that he's, he's a youngster as well. He's I don't think he's twenty years old yet. Um, I have no 19, idea. I think. Did he I play? Think for, I feel like he played for Middlesbrough. I don't a know lot why. of That's... Arsenal youngsters played for Middlesbrough. She yeah. Brack pumps there at the minute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he did. It says here he played on on loan at Middlesbrough. Three goals in twenty one. So that that didn't work out well for him. But hey, it's no, working out. Oh, yeah. Well, how about that? With that, thank you, listeners. Listen to this episode. Treat yourself well. You, you know, you really you are legends. And with that, we have come to the end of another episode about the Bridge Pod. We're going to be back on Friday. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to discuss Frank's first win back in charge of Chelsea. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, Mikey's oh, cursed it, everyone. I've cursed on. it. 4 nil defeat. 4 nil defeat. <laughs> but with that, that will be us signing off. Bye.
You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.